Welcome to the St. Matt's 6pm podcast, where you can listen to sermons from our evening service. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Thank you. Well, everyone has plans. You made plans. You've planned to be here, I assume, unless you randomly walked in just out off the street. But you plan to be here. There's all sorts of plans. You make big plans, little plans, insignificant, significant. Uh, well, God has a plan too. And uh, his plan is huge. Everyone makes a plan because you're trying to achieve something, right? That's why you plan, you, know, you plan to be here because you wanted to come to church. God has a plan. What's, his, what's he trying to achieve? He is trying to achieve uh, well, he will achieve the reversal of this massive problem the world has called sin. For those of you, this is a really good thing. You can explain the Bible to people very simply, right? So once you get past the contents, etc., you go to the first page of the Bible and you go, right, okay, the first two pages, it's fantastic, it's paradise, it's perfect. Get to page three, chapter three of the Bible, it's a disaster because people turn away from God, they think they know better. And so God says, no, it's a disaster. You get to the last two pages of the Bible, right? And just li- that's all it is. The last two pages of the Bible, it's paradise. That's it. That's all we got. That's it. And right in the middle, well, not quite the middle, but somewhere around here, is this person called Jesus. Okay? That's the story of the Bible. Jesus is the way God is planned to solve our world's problem, the problem of sin. Now, in order to get that happening, he sends Abraham. He was the first sort of guy to uh, get things moving in his plan. Uh, and that's about page 10, right? So uh, here we go. I'm just going to flash. Some of you will know this story. I'll read out the verses for you. Right? The Lord said to Abraham, go from your country and your people and your father's household. Right? Go from everything you know, your family, your relatives, everybody. Go. Go to the land I'll show you. I'll make you a great nation. I'll bless you, I'll make your name great and you will be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. Now look at this, all peoples on earth, this is how big it is, will be blessed through you. Abraham's got a big thing. So Abraham left, he left everything, left as the Lord had told him. You see, God made a promise to him, I'm going to do it. If God has a plan, if you have plans, things can go wrong, you know, you stuff it up, whatever. But when God makes a plan, nothing can stop it. It's unstoppable. So God has a plan. So he sends Abraham, he says, Abraham, I'm going to do something, so go. So the story goes on. Abraham does go. He does have, as it turns out, lots of descendants that one day might become a nation. But first off, you've got, uh, he has Isaac. Isaac has Jacob. Jacob gets his name changed by God to Israel. Israel, Jacob, has 12 sons who become the 12 tribes of Israel, right? Now, 
initially the most important one is a guy called Joseph, you know, the technicolour dream coat guy, right? Uh, his brother's Haiti, right? Big family, youngest brother. Well, I know he's not the youngest, but anyway, they don't like him. So they think, well, first of all, they think we'll kill him, and then they think, hang on, we can make some money out of this. So they sell him as a slave to some people. He ends up uh, in Egypt. God favours him. He rises to the top and uh, becomes a very significant person in uh, Egypt. Meanwhile, uh, the rest of the family, because of a famine, end up in Egypt too. Yay! Right? So God has got a plan. Takes everyone to Egypt. But then the Pharaoh, as you know, starts to freak out. He goes, look at all these people. Right? Uh, we better make them slaves. So he enslaves them. So it's not looking good. Right? So there's lots of offspring, lots of descendants, or, you know, potentially a, na- a nation, but they've got no land, they're slaves. It's not looking good, but God has a plan. So what does he do? He sends Moses. He's the next guy. God has a plan. So he says to Moses, um, I am the God of your father, right? The God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. I'm the same God that sent Abraham. I'm I'm going to do something. I'm going to, my next phase of saving the world is about to happen. Uh, he says, I've come down, right? You know, figuratively, to rescue Israel from the hand of the Egyptians, to bring them out of that land, Egypt, to another land. That, that land, um, oh, into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And that's like my breakfast on Saturday morning, right? Wheat bix, milk, honey. Oh, it's delicious, right? But that's only on Saturday. Anyway. So, I'm going to bring you into this land I promised Abraham, the promised land. You've heard that expression, the promised land. Right? Notice what he says. I have come down to do it. I'm going to do it. Who's going to do it? God is going to do it. Right? What does he do? He says to, uh, to uh, Moses, so go. I'm going to do it, so I'm sending you. Go. I've got a plan. I'm God. Nothing can stop it. Therefore, I'm sending you. And so God uses Moses, this fearless, courageous champion, this warrior, this fearless dude. He'll take anything. No, he doesn't. He's hopeless, right? Just like us. So he's scared. Uh, and he starts off a whole lot of excuses why he shouldn't go. Right? And these are lots of the same excuses we all use. I've used them. You've used them. Everybody uses them. We've got to get over these excuses, right? So what's the first one? Moses says, uh, who am I that I should go right, to Pharaoh and bring Israel? Right? Who am I? I'm nobody. Have you used that? You think, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeless. I'm, it's just me. Well, God says, I'll be with you. I, God, will be with you. It's my plan. I'm sending you. Go. Ah, that excuse didn't work. Right? See, God's saying, yeah, yeah, I know you're a nobody. I know that. I, I made, you know, yeah, it's all right. Go, right? That authority doesn't, uh, that excuse doesn't work, right? Authority is God's. He's sending you. I'm going to feel my, fulfill my plan. Moses says, suppose I do go, right? Just, let's just, you know, propose this silly idea that I actually go. Um, suppose I go and they say, and they say, uh, and say to them, sorry, the God of your fathers has sent me to you and they ask me, uh, what's his name? Right? Then what shall I say? I don't know who you are. Right? So they'll say, as if God would speak to you. Because you've got to remember Moses, the backstory of Moses, he was raised as an Egyptian in the Egyptian 
phallus and all this sort of stuff and all the, all the Israelites are over here as slaves and there's Moses over there. It's weird, right? He's this oddball. As if God would speak to you. What's his name? And uh, God does this thing. He says, uh, I am who I am. This is what you were to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Right? So if I met you at the door, I'd say, G'day, my name's Steve. And you said, I am who I am. You know, it's a bit strange, right? So what does it actually mean? Well, God is saying that he is who he is. God is God. He is who he is, right? It's not who we think he is. It's not who we make him up to be. It's not what we'd like God to be in our imagination. It's not idolatry. God is God. He reveals himself as he is. And therefore, that is who he is. He is who he is. I am who I am, God says. Tell them, I am has sent you. God, I am has a plan. So he sends Moses. Okay. All right. Next one. So he goes, all right. Next excuse. What if they don't believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord didn't appear to you. You're an idiot, Moses. You're a, you're a dork. Right? Now, do you sometimes worry people will think bad of you? They'll think you're an idiot. You don't believe that rubbish, do you? Christianity stuff, you know, whatever, right? You've used the excuse, oh, no, I'll think badly of me. Right? You're an idiot. Well, God helps Moses out at this time with, a, uh, if you know the story, a staff that turns into a snake and a hand that turns leprosy and all this sort of stuff. But that's still not enough. So he goes on. And he says, Lord, I've never been eloquent. Neither in the past nor since you've spoken. I'm slow of speech and tongue. Perhaps this is another excuse you've uh, used for yourself to get out of actually going and talking to people about Jesus. See, I'm just no good at this talking to people stuff. I'm shy, I'm, you know, I'm nervous, I'm, I'm anxious, you know, I'm a bit, I'm an introvert, you know. What if they ask me a hard question? Oh, no, I'd say, oh, I'll freeze, oh, oh. You know, surely that lefts me off the hook, doesn't it, right? Well, God says, I made you, right? He says, you know, who gave human beings their mouths, who, gives, who makes them deaf, mute, who makes, uh, gives them sight, makes them blind? It's not I, now go. He says, Go. I'll help you. I'll be with you, right? I'll help you speak and teach you what to say. Can't you, you know, it's just incredible, right? So the best one, though, is the last one, right? It's the, it's the cracker. It's the one we all use. We all have used it. We keep using it. We want to keep using it. This is, it just shuts everything off, right? Then Moses says, please just send someone else, right? He actually says it out loud. We all think it, but Moses says it out loud. Just can't yourself someone else. Just send someone else. Why do you want me to go? Excuse, excuse, excuse. No, I can't do it. He doesn't think he's up to it. He thinks he can't talk properly. Yet God says, yes, I know. You're the one. I know. It's, it's not about you. It's about me. I've got a plan. I'm sending you. Who's going to rescue uh, Israel from Egypt? God is. So what does God do? How does he do it? He's going to send Moses. The story goes on. Uh, there's a story of the plagues and uh, the crossing of the Red Sea. God did, uh, does deliver Israel from Egypt, from slavery. He does use Moses and God's plan to save the world moves forward. God did make a nation out of them. He took them to this land that he promised Abraham. Uh, but Israel turns out to be very disobedient. 
unfaithful. They constantly forgot all that God had done for them, especially by rescuing them from Egypt, but more than that. They lost sight of the fact that God had a plan to save people from all nations, not just them. They thought, oh, beauty, we're saved. This is great. God is on our team and they just put a little bubble, a cone of you know, protection around themselves. We're okay. Stuff the rest of the world. We're okay. Right? And you can often think, oh, I'm going to go to heaven. It's all right. No. See, that was supposed to be God's special nation, uh, sending out to the world this message about I am. Hey, everyone, have you heard about I am? They were to tell everyone about him that they would trust, but they didn't. And so the rest of the Bible, you know, a fair chunk of that is just this story of Israel. It's just this spiral down. Like when you pull the plug out of the sink, it just says, right? That's Israel. And they just go down and down and down. They failed to be the people God wanted them to be. They turned away from I am. And so God kicked them out of this land that he promised them. He brought judgment on them. Nations came and carried them off to slavery again. Not more slavery. But in his great kindness, he brought some of them back and after that they did resettle back in the land and then nothing really happened for 400 years. Try and imagine 400 years. It's a long time. Right? You think about European settlements, not, you know, I don't know how long it is, 200 and something. A lot's happened in 200 and something years, 400 years. And they thought, maybe God doesn't actually have a plan after all. Story moves on. God has a plan. So he sends Abraham, Moses, and then he sends Jesus. Jesus pops up right at the right time. Now, who is Jesus? Look at this verse from John. Yeah, uh, Jesus is talking to some Israelites, some Jewish people. It says, Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it. Abraham saw it and was glad. And they say, hang on a second, you're not yet 50 years old. What are you talking about? You say you've seen Abraham? And Jesus says, I tell you the truth, before Abraham was born, I am. Wow. And they pick up stones to stone him, you see. Before Abraham was born, I am. Jesus is that same name as the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Who are you? I am. Jesus is saying he's God. And the Jews know this, right? So they try and kill him because that's outright. Who, who does this guy think he is? God. They, they want to kill him. You see, God has a, pl- a plan to save the world. So God comes to achieve it. God comes. And Jesus didn't come just to save us from sort of uh, government oppression and, you know, being a slave to a more, you know, this sort of, this sort of slavery. It's, a, it's far more serious because look what Jesus says. Just where he said this, he says this. He says, if you hold to my teaching, you're really my disciples, then you know the truth and the truth will set you free. Free. Jesus has come to set people free and he uses this Exodus language. Uh, he says this in, in chapter 8. Again, he says, how can you, you know, these Jews say, what are you talking about? How can you say that we'll be set free, right? We're not slaves, right? He says, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Everyone. So for the son, if Jesus, if, if I set you free, he says, 
you will be free indeed, truly free. Jesus says he has come to set people free. Free from what? Sin. That's the great slavery that people have. The reason we need to be saved through Jesus is sin. Jesus says we are all slaves to sin. Anyone who sins. Does anyone in here never sinned? Right, good, okay, good. I didn't see any hands. I did that very quick. I knew I wouldn't, see. Because the Israelites, you see, they were, they were, they were slaves to the Egyptians. But Jesus says everyone is a slave to sin. Sin orders people's lives. It, it, it runs their lives. People are ruled by sin. People obey sin. Sin speaks. And we go, oh, you know, sin says jump. We say, oh, oh. That, that's, that's how it is. We're sinful people. But Jesus has come with the good news that he has come to set us free from our sin. And Jesus says, when he sets you free, you'll be truly free. It's the great news. And when Jesus sets you free from sin, like for lots of us in this room, God's plan is being fulfilled. This is unstoppable. So he's setting people free from Egypt as a small picture, an illustration of, God was, of what God was planning on a worldwide scale. That, that's how people from all nations will be blessed. They will be free indeed in Jesus. People from all nations have sinned. People from all nations are under God's judgment. People from all nations are trapped. They can't set themselves free because they're slaves. There's nothing they can do. There's no religion in the world that can help them. There's nothing they can do. So Jesus, the great I Am, came to us and he delivers people from all nations in an extraordinary way, he dies on a cross. The sinless one dies for the sinful ones, us. And in that garden of Gethsemane, just before he goes to the cross, he asks his heavenly father, he asks, do I really have to go? But you see, instead of excuses, he goes. No excuses. He went to the cross to give his life for ours to save us, to set us free. That's the gospel. And I take it in a group this size, there's people here tonight that are not Christian, who've never put their trust in Jesus, someone in this room who has yet to be set free by Jesus. And you've heard what Jesus said, if, if, you're a, if you sin, you're a slave. There's nothing you can do about it, only Jesus can set you free, no matter how nice you've been, whether you, you know, what your academic level is, what school you go to, what your parents, you know, all that stuff is irrelevant. You've got a problem called sin that you cannot solve. There's nothing you can do about it. So Jesus is called the Saviour. He's come to rescue you. If you need to be saved, just think about it. You can't save yourself because you wouldn't need a Saviour. The fact you need a Saviour means you're stuffed. And Jesus, the great rescuer, died on the cross to take your judgment for you, to set you free. Free from living for your sin, for yourself. Free, set free to live the, the way you're meant to. Love God, to love others, to grow in that and learn more and more what that is. So keep asking. If you're not a Christian, keep asking the people you know that are Christians. They'll keep telling you and pointing you to Jesus. But God has a plan, right? So Christians, the rest of you, we know that God has a plan to save the world. That's all about Jesus. Jesus is at the very centre of it. God's plan slowly and surely ended up with Jesus at the very centre of the Bible. Everything leads up to that. Everything flows out from it in the Bible. 
And because the cross is God's plan, there's no other way. There's no other solution for this problem of sin. We all know that. So the story still goes on. You see, we're not at the last two pages of the Bible yet, are we? We wish we were, but we're not. Therefore, God's plan is still going. It's still happening right now, even today. God's generosity, his kindness to us through Jesus is a message that must be told to everyone. All nations, even around here, Sydney, Perth, all nations, everyone. Because people are trapped, they're hopeless, they can't set themselves free, they are slaves to sin. Jesus came to set them free. It's the only thing we've got is Jesus. You know that. And therefore, the only way they can be set free is they need to hear, they need to believe. Now, how do they hear unless someone tells them? Who's going to tell them? You. God has a plan. So he sends Abraham, Moses, Jesus, and he sends you. You. Yes, you. Not me, not professionals. You know, I'm included in you, right? But you mustn't think, oh, right? All those people, right? Look, look at what Jesus says. He says, all authority, all of it, not some of it, not a bit of it, all of it, because he's who he is. He's God, right? He's got all authority. Therefore, go, right? Go, make disciples of all nations. And what, this is the bit you need to remember. Jesus says, I am with you, always. To the last two pages of the Bible, I'm with you. God has a plan to save people through Jesus. As people from all nations put their trust in him, his death, his resurrection, they'll be set free for eternity. And one day we will be in those last two pages. It'll be fantastic forever. So until then, God wants us all to be actively involved in his great plan. Who will save people? God will. God God is the only one that can do it. How will God save people? Well, He's chosen to use you. Our extraordinary God uses ordinary people. Abraham, you know, pretty ordinary guy, full of mistakes and errors. You can read about his life. Moses, full of excuses, dodgy, weak, fearful. You, us, look at us, pathetic. See, Moses really didn't want to do it. And most of us are just like Moses. You know people. You know God. God has put people around you. Just you, I don't know who they are, you do. They need to be saved by Jesus. They're your neighbours, your workmates, your family, your friends, your schoolmates, your uni friends, whatever it is, wherever you are, however old or young you are, whatever. You know that they desperately need to hear the message of salvation. You know there's no other way. You know that you are probably the only Christian that really is going to tell them this wonderful message. But you're scared. (laughs) Well, I'm scared. We're all scared, right? For some reason, you think you can't do it. You don't want to go. Really, Steve, come on, you're putting that pressure on us. I'm not. It's just this is how God does it. He works in partnership with us. See, we choke, you see. We worry, don't we? You worry, you won't know what to say. Oh, no, not me. I'm not eloquent, you say. You worry people won't like you. Think you're an idiot. God didn't really say that. But deep down, you just want to keep saying, God, can't you just send someone else? Really? Do you have to send me? God says, yeah. Go. I'm with you. So let's not use excuses like Moses. Right? Go. He wants to use you. He will use you. 
Keep looking around. Now, I'm going to tell you a couple of stories. Once there was a guy, he was a non-Christian guy, and, uh, you know, on the surface, very hard, very, you know, not interested. In fact, anti at many levels. Anyway, he thought Christians were soft and pathetic and weak. And, yeah. and God brought a Christian to this guy to work with him temporarily. And this guy, this Christian, had a go, you know, he said some things and a bit of argy-bargy backwards and forwards. And this uh, non-Christian guy was very, like, you know, nothing was getting through. It was hard work. It was just, you know, hard work. And this Christian felt it was too hard. He thought this guy was just too difficult. But he kept talking to the, the non-Christian guy. He patiently kept at it, even though he didn't think he was getting anywhere. Anyway, this guy finished this temporary work and left. But God had a plan. And he used that guy to help this guy become a Christian, believe it or not, right? The, to this day, that guy doesn't know this person's become a Christian, right? Um, God had a plan to save him. And so this guy now speaks to people about Jesus all the time. It's incredible um, because that guy was me, right? Now, here we go. Right, look at that. That was me. It's just, uh, you know, Saturday night somewhere. Got my bong there in one hand, my dope in the little plastic bag. Uh, the other hand, I've got a smoke uh, pipe, like you used to call it the peace pipe. Uh, behind us, we've got about 20 beers. I don't know what we've been doing that night. Uh, but that was me, right? I was, I was gone, right? You, you just wouldn't have thought I'd become a Christian. But God had a plan to save me. And he did. Look at that. Now, look, that's me getting baptised at Clontarf. Look at that mullet. <laughs> Those were the days when everyone had a mullet. It wasn't like football players and rugby league players showing off with their mullets. Everyone had a mullet. That was just normal, right? Anyway, that was me getting baptised, right? Go and make disciples, baptising them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. It works. Even if you think it isn't going to work. Even if you think they're too hard, they're not going to be, no, not me, I can't say anything. Blah, blah, blah. This guy, seriously, I thought he was an idiot when I first met him, but God used him. You know how many people it took for me to become, a, uh, to talk to me about Jesus, for me to become a, two. Two people. One to just get into my head like that and then leave. I, don't even, I can't even remember what the guy looks like. See, I don't even know his name. I, if I had a character, I wouldn't know him. But in the new creation... See, he's going to go, oh, it's you. And I'm going to go, oh, it was you, right? Okay, we're going to meet each other. Imagine if he went away going, oh, I'm no good at this you know, evangelism stuff, talking about Jesus. Ah, oh, never seen anyone become a Christian. What an idiot, right? He would be the idiot for thinking that. So all I'm saying is don't give up. Don't think, I can't do it. Can't you send someone else? See, this guy could have gone, ah, oh, this guy is too hard. I don't know what to say. You know, he could have made excuses, but he didn't. Please send someone else to talk to Steve, but he didn't. Anyway, uh, I'll tell you about another bloke. Uh, this guy was raised as a Muslim in the Gulf, the headquarters of Islam. And he came to Australia to study at uni. He went to Melbourne. It was too cold. He couldn't handle it. It was like, this is ridiculous. Who want to live in Melbourne? So he moved to Perth. Wise move. <laughs> really good weather in Perth. Anyway, uh, he met a Christian who spent time with him and his little Arab friends, right, an Anglo person, and uh, shared the gospel, loved them, hung out with them. You know, it was all a bit weird, right? But it, God used that person. God said to that, that Christian, go to, to them. And out of love, 
just patiently prayed and talked and chatted and shared life. And amazingly, that person, this guy, became a Christian. And he ended up working with me. And uh, he, you know, he went to Bible college, came and worked on campus with me at Murdoch and talked to many Muslims about Jesus. But him and his wife realised God said, go. Go to somewhere harder. Don't go to the easy places. Go somewhere harder. And so he left Perth. Despite the great work that needed to be done there, the great need, he left. And him and his wife now, you might know them as these people. They work with CMS. They've gone back to the Gulf. Now, you might not know this, but in the Gulf, all these rich Arab countries, uh, 90% of their population are expats, right? Uh, They come from other countries, Bangladesh, Philippines. All these workers from around the world go there and, uh, you know, do all the work. The rich locals, they just live off the petrol money, right, and all that. Um, But, well, this country this guy comes from, no one knows there's actually a church there, but there is one now. There is one now because he went. He's reaching those people. Lots of people from the 90% become Christians. There's lots of work going on amongst them. But the actual people that live there, he went. God said, go. He went. It's amazing. God has a plan to save people from many nations. And never forget that this ordinary God uses ordinary people. Right? Like you. Weak people like me. God has a plan. So go, right? No excuses. That's the thing. We always want to make excuses. Don't make excuses. Now, St. Matt's exists to help you be a part of that. That's one of its reasons for being, its purpose. They have linked missionaries. They have a mission resource group. They have a missions expo here today. They, have, uh, they support the Penno and Cherrybrook teachers. They want you to get involved. They, they um, Their purpose is to engage the world with the grace and truth of the gospel. Right? This this is like soccer training. And if you don't, you know, why do you go to soccer training? So you'll play. Imagine if you just say, oh, what 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 sport do you play? I play soccer. Great. Well, what team do you I don't play. I just go to training. Right? It doesn't make any sense, right? So you're here. Sunday is where you get built up, encouraged, strengthened, reminded about the kingdom, about what God's agenda is. Yes, Then you go back out. Sunday is the first day of the week. You start every week with church. Right? Today's the first day. You start with church. You don't finish, oh, it's the end of the weekend. Then Monday's, no, no, you start and then you go. You go, right? So you've got to remember you're going on Monday. Right? This icon has a hand on it. See the hand there? Oh, maybe you can't see it. But anyway, it's it's there, right? It's a hand. Whose hand is it? The church's hand? Oh, the church will do it. The professionals, no, it's your hand. Seriously, it's your hand, right? It's you. Every time you see that, don't think, oh, it's the church, it's some group, it's an organisation over there, I'll just, you know, say a prayer every now and then. No, it's you. Never forget, that's your hand. Holding out grace and truth. Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Saviour. King, the cross, right? That's you. Right? Rico Tice is an English evangelist. He talks about evangelism involves crossing a pain barrier. Right? You could call it <laughs> crossing the excuse barrier. No, why? no, not me. I'm too, you know, whatever the excuse. You've got to cross it. You've got to suck it up and go, I'm going to do it. I'm going to trust God. God said go. God knows I'm weak. He's strong. Never forget, Jesus says, I'm with you. 
I'm with you. Uh, between us and Jesus, it's a long time, but there's lots of heaps of the fact you're here today, people have gone to you, right? Now, I know a lot of you, your parents have told you you've gone to good church, but someone had to tell you the gospel. But there's been a great heritage of people who have crossed the pain barrier and gone. And uh, I've put a video together of some quotes of various people, and I pray that will challenge you and inspire you to you go, wherever it is, across, across the road, across the world, wherever it is, across the pain barrier. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. St. Matt's West Penn Hills 6pm congregation is a collection of people who want to be changed by Jesus, to have a deeper connection with God, deeper community with one another and deeper concern for our world. We'd love you to join us on a Sunday soon. For all the details, check out our website at stmats.org.au. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss a sermon.